Hi everyone, and welcome to the Silvati's podcast. This podcast is going to be very special for a very number of reasons. Firstly, I have very close and dear friends joining me. And I have more than one friend, just so you clocked on the plural there. But also you'll feel, you might feel that the conversation is slightly disjointed. And that's because I actually recorded two separate conversations. And I'm not that good at editing, so you will hear a little bit of a difference. But I'm hoping the conversation will flow. And I'm hoping that it'll facilitate more discussion um, afterwards. So sit back and I hope you enjoy this. And we're going to be talking about sports in the LGBTQ community. So to introduce them, I have Olivier Flock. I have Jean-Paolo Jardine, also known as Johnny, because I mess up his name every time I say it. Um, we also have Kevin Ha and Eugene Fisher. So the context, so to give you context of how we all know each other. So we all play or played volleyball at one point or another um, with the London Spikers. And I wonder, Johnny, if you're able just to give us just like a brief overview of who the Spikers are for anyone who hasn't come across them. London Spikers is a LGBT uh, male uh, volleyball team or club, should I say. Uh, I think they got, they was, it was founded in 1995, so almost 30 years now. Um, and yeah, so I think it has 200 plus members, uh, London-based, obviously. And, uh, and even though it's a predominantly gay male club, obviously, we welcome any sort of um, LGBT part of the community as well as allies. So it's not just a specific for gay men, but is I think the club tries to create a safe space for gay men or LGBT people to enjoy sports, enjoy volleyball, make friendships and so on. And I think that's one of the really special things that they're able to do as a community. And you hit the nail on the head there, is create this safe space for gay men specifically as well to play volleyball in a very non-judgmental sort of space. Was that something that you were looking for when you were looking to sort of get involved with the spikers, Johnny? Um, yes, I, I, I think I'm, I went in more in the fact of I wanted to, I think for me it was mostly to do some, some sort of sport. I, I didn't envision to, uh, to enter the club and make the friendships that I did. So I, that was a really nice plus, um, I expect to meet new, nice people, but I didn't expect to make the friendships that I did, but it was mainly to do some sports, especially because I, I'm not a sporty person whatsoever. I never did well in sports. Um, so yeah, I, I thought volleyball was the sport that I probably did the least terribly at school. So um, yeah, so I think that that was the the reason why I, I went in to Spikers mainly for for the sports side of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder, Olivier, for you then, what was your relationship with sports growing up? Um, so funny, I think it's going to be an 
another shared experience that I have with Johnny, which is I wasn't good at sport at all. I think that was the the thing that I probably hated the most of uh, school, high school. Um, and I, yeah, I think I wanted to kind of um, turn this experience on its head and, and in my adult life have something, um, um, you know, have a skill in, in a certain sport um, because I was an unhappy, uh, an unhappy teenager in this field. Um, so I think similarly to what Johnny was saying, like um, the, the sport element was very important to me. Um, but also I think I went into this, uh, into the club because I wanted to make, um, I think connection with people who had the same experience and, um, and, I I really believe that I could be. I mean, you know, when you live in London, it's quite it's quite a tough city. Uh, it's quite tough to form relationships. And I don't know. I I made a bet that I could form relationships in this kind of context, where, as you say, it's a safe space. Um, and yeah, I think that 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 played its role quite well in that sense. Eugene, I actually didn't play sports too much growing up. Um, I played a bit of soccer um, in elementary school. So till I was around, I don't know, I think that's like nine or 10. Uh, but then I really stopped playing sports in junior high. Um, didn't play in junior high, didn't play in high school or in um, college at all, just because I wasn't really um, that big of a sporty type person. Um, it wasn't until, you know, um, later in my 20s when I started to play sports more recreationally, because um, I guess, yeah, in school, it's a bit more, you know, kind of competitive gaming. Uh, and I was just really more interested in the the, the social aspect of, um, of sports. Okay. And you grew up in Minnesota, so a very different sort of schooling and scholastic experience than maybe we'd experience here in the UK. Yeah, I'd say relative. I mean, it, it is a bit difference. Um, but I think like a lot of the similarities around, you know, we had PE and so you had to play, you know, some level of sports there. Um, and there were the extracurricular sports, uh, but the biggest ones were primarily basketball and um, football, American um, football. Um, and definitely a lot of like culture around, you know, American high school, um, high school sports. But Kevin, you grew up in Australia. What was it like growing up as a child? What was your relationship with sports? Uh, I wasn't naturally very good at sport growing up. So, uh, and I didn't really, my parents didn't really invest in sport in me. So for me, it was only through participation at school, uh, through team sports there. Uh, I think, so I grew growing up in Australia, the big sports were cricket uh, in the summer and then football in the winter. And because I wasn't very sporty at either of those, I never tried out for those teams. So naturally, if you look at other sports offered in those seasons, uh, so for example, hockey was offered in the summer, or the lesser sporty types would try out for those. And I managed to go on get into that team only probably by default uh, to play soccer, for, only to play hockey for a couple of years at school. Never really that good played against, you know, a couple of schools around the district and that was it. And then I came about um, probably by early junior high, I was very interested in tennis uh, just because my siblings used to watch on TV. So I 
was requesting my parents, can I please go and get some coaching for tennis? So I, I did that. And then through that, through, through the rest of high school, up into university, I played tennis a bit more, both recreationally and a bit of com competition. Uh, in uni, I joined the squash club as well. So I did a bit more individual, no more team sports kind of thing so that I didn't have to compare myself with other boys. Uh, and that was it really. And then as an adult, just really just sport was more of a individual kind of thing, um, gym, tennis, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then coming out as gay, moving to London. Uh, so I thought, mm, I didn't know if there, any kind of team sports existed for, you know, gay men. Uh, and then after doing some research, I found out that there was and had some friends that actually were in other uh, gay sporting teams, which was quite good to see. I thought, okay, maybe in this environment would be more comfortable and hence why, um, probably lead on to another question of yours, but that's why we joined the Spikers volleyball team, having close to zero experience in it. That's really interesting because it sounds like, like we all share that common sort of thread where sports wasn't a huge deal growing up, but for some way or another, we all sort of gravitated towards that maybe later on in our adulthood. I'm not going to say how old we are, but let's not go there. I think similar to what you're saying, Julia, I, I agree with the sense that yes, I went in for sports, but I think there's something to be said about learning a new skill mm. as adults, which predominant yeah. type of skills you predominantly learn when you're, when you're a child. And I saw something very funny on social media the day saying that we need to um, remove the stigma of adults learning new instruments, like, you know, taking a piano when you're 40 or so on. That is so true. Do, which is, but it's similar to some, a sport, like mm. you don't pick up a sport age, you know, outside of school, essentially. It's very, it's very un unlikely. And I felt like going to a gay club, never played volleyball before, well, not well enough anyway, and start from, from the very beginning, there'll be other people the same level as me. Mm. And being a gay club, I think, gave me the extra um, security net, I think, to be yeah. able to go in a bit less self-conscious of my ability to play. Mm. I totally agree. It was a re such a rewarding experience. Um, I'm going to say, like, so late in life. I mean, it's going to make us sound really old, but... Um, yeah, it was. There was a huge reward in doing in doing so. Yeah, and a shared experience that we were we all the same as well. So I think that was pretty great. <laughs> Another shared experience. We were rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are still rubbish. My I think most of us still are, to be fair. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, I stepped away from injury, so I, I didn't. I didn't progress to the level that you're at. Having been at the club now and played in a sports league, and having your intentions met early on has anything changed for you now that you've been playing for a while um yes i think as I, as i said i think i went in wanting to develop a new skill um play with sport and then what definitely evolved is is that's still a pretty core thing to me in terms of why i'm in the club still i love playing i enjoy it but is that the, i think the the people that we meet and that we share, you know, it's twice a week that, that we interact. It's, it's, I see those guys more than I see a lot of my my other friends outside of, of the club. So I know. a very strong sense of community. Um, and I think I, if I if I was to leave him, I would really miss 
that part of it in terms of yes i can do it like without playing volleyball for whatever reason but i will miss the camaraderie that brings us together and you know the routine that kind of develops and yeah so i think the reason for joining was for the reason for staying i think is the people and on top of obviously playing um together with that comes like we were very there's lots of tournaments around europe that we go to as a as a as a group so it becomes a little bit of a holiday with your mates and stuff like that we play yeah we play a bit of volleyball and it was fun and stuff but um and for me personally it's is that element of it that kind of uh keeps me in the club i think mm. and i see you nodding along kevin how did you find the spikers uh so i joined my partner james uh onto london spikers a couple of years ago now um i guess i only played sport casually like just Know, every now and then before them but really kind of both we both wanted to do something uh, and we were just away in Paris for a weekend once and it so happened to be the gay games so we managed to join all the parties but not actually do any of the sport which is great ran into an acquaintance there at one of the parties who I knew um, from London and he was in the um, I think it was the Royals which is the gay hockey team in London uh, and then just looking at how much fun he had and, you know, the fact that he felt a bit more comfortable. I, I want to say he didn't look the naturally, most naturally sporty type, um, but none of us are really. So I thought, okay, if they can do it, so can we. And then it was a uh, process of elimination of what type of team sports we could actually do. Because football, like I said, was just no. Rugby, no just so many no's and there was like oh volleyball okay maybe level playing field for both of us not really we both have played casually once or twice growing up at school but never anything else so i thought okay let's try this one and that's how we joined the london spikers team and was it important for you to be able to do that together yeah yeah i think so because we joined maybe a year into our relationship this london spikers team so it's good to just do something together yeah. And I will preface by saying this, like we all know each other because we all played in the same team at one point. And some of us have gotten better or worse um, or left. Um, so I will say that, you know, that that was sort of the common thread for all of us. Um, Eugene, for you, so, you know, you, coming from America, I know you were working in London at the time. Where, where, did, the, where did the spikers fit into everything that was going on for you? Well, first, I'm going to pick up on the fact that you said better, worse, or left. So Kevin got better, you left, <laughs> which by process of deduction, it makes it, it says that I got worse, which whatever, <laughs> but just want to highlight that. Um, keep that in the edit, please. Um, so, you know, when I moved over to the to the UK, I lived here for um, a few years before I joined the, um, the Spikers. Um, you know, it just seemed like a really great fit because there were teams of a lot of different levels. Um, I, in terms of actually knew someone that was already in the, the team who was able to kind of vouch for, you know, how it was structured um, and, you know, how everyone was really welcome. And so it was a really easy um, decision. I would actually remember, you know, the day before the first practice, I was actually kind of on the fence about do I want to do it or do I not feeling a bit intimidated because I haven't been doing, you know, team sports for so long. Um, and I'm so thrilled that I did because it really was um, a very, very social experience. It is a sport, um, but no one really cares 
how well you do or or don't do. It's really just that you're there having a good time um, with you know a shared affinity group. Um, so and I'm I'm so thrilled that I I did because I yeah just imagining what um, if I didn't have like the volleyball community, just how different things would would be. So yeah, I'm so thrilled um, that I did, um, and I'm so thrilled that I actually knew someone that was already in it who kind of pushed me to to join because it truly was the perception of it being intimidating was not the case at all. And it was abundantly clear that it was not intimidating the first day <laughs> that we got there. <laughs> what was your first day like? Well, you remember, don't you? Uh, I just, it was, I think it was a bit, um, I'm social with people that I know, but I'm not very outgoing with people that I don't know. Um, and so I was a bit nervous going to, you know, a, a big group room with, you know, you know, 25 other people that were also doing this for the first time. Um, and so it was a bit intimidating. I also didn't really know what to expect, uh, but it came clear really early on that everyone was there to have a good time. And there were plenty of, um, you know, by doing like kind of smaller pair activities, it was a really great way to actually start to meet other people in the team, which I think is really good for people who might not be as social um, because you are put into those, um, you know, you just have to talk to someone if you're, you know, a pair running around after um, a ball. So I remember being intimidated um, and nervous, but I remember getting over it very, very quickly, very quickly. Yeah. And I guess for you, Olivier, because we left the club around similar times, what was that like for you then? Sort of, you started in this team, you started with these with this group of people who, you know, we bonded very quickly with, um, what was it like then leaving that? Um, it was a very sad thing. Um, I'm still, um, I'm still grieving a little bit. I mean, it's been years now and there's been COVID. So it's like, yeah, at least they're not playing. Uh, but um, yeah, honestly, I, I've gone through, you know, like the, the stages of grief. I was like, uh, oh no, I can't have that, but um, I'm so angry. And then that was really sad. Um, so it was, a it was a very important part of my life. Um, I think there was an element to add to what Johnny was saying, which was, um, um, you know, every week being able to kind of see the people. So it's all about, at the end of the day, the people that I met um, and not being able to see them regularly uh, going every Tuesday and every Sunday um was it was a very tough experience now i'm over it but um it was it was a very sad uh, very sad times when we i mean both you and me i mean had a, an injury and we couldn't continue um so yeah i think it's a testament of like how good it was um uh, of an experience and it's you you grieve people and relationships that's what i i was sad about and that's so that's so touching because I think for me for a long time, I was worried about not being able to maintain those friendships because mm. part of becoming friends is trying to get rid of you, but you latched on to us. So yeah, <laughs> I am a little koala bear, and I'm not going to go. Um, but you, you do like you know the reason why it's so easy to make friends in school is because you see people all the time at university, and so in a similar way, we saw each other twice a week for like mm. you know four hours five hours at a time and and so leaving that i was very i'd say very insecure and very worried about not being able to 
maintain those friendships or maintain those connections. And what's been really lovely is, is the group that we have formed, you know, mm. we, we call ourselves the Michelles, but that's for a different podcast. Um, you know, we've been able to maintain that through COVID, through not playing volleyball twice a week, just as much as, you know, the guys who have been, who have continued to play together. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, I think it shows how the, the bonds were strong because despite it was like a year, I think it was the combination of a shared experience, being rubbish, you know, at the beginning, learning a skill together and spending so much time together on a regular basis every week, kind of like, I think provided this basis for continuing to see each other. And um, yeah, I have FOMO like every <laughs> every week, but I think oh, they probably do maybe not Sunday it. morning, not maybe from Sunday morning, maybe no FOMO then. Yeah, but... <laughs> this one I don't really have FOMO anymore. Uh, but but it's I mean it still proves that we could continue um, you know the friendships despite that. So yeah, and I wonder, Johnny, then because you talked about sort of like looking for for spikers, was it was finding an LGBTQ sort of type of sport important to you? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think obviously I'm from Brazil where football is massive, uh, but the second most popular sport there is probably volleyball as well. So it, it is very, very big, but it does feel a lot less, let's say, suffer from a lot less toxic masculinity than some like football or basketball does do so um so i think that was really important one this sport didn't require a massive amount of butterness <laughs> but also um yeah i think that was, and being an lgbt club i think definitely was important i i i wouldn't especially then maybe if i was to leave club for whatever reason and join a different club not that I'm anywhere like an amazing player, but I feel a bit more comfortable to go into a new club with, let's say, a not just an LGBT team, a mixed club or whatever. Um, I would be a bit more comfortable because I kind of know what I'm doing. So that, so that's, well, should I say that? I think so. Uh, but I think definitely in the beginning it was very, very, very important. Um, but then again, you join... If I was to do that, it was purely because of my love for volleyball rather than, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But I'll feel like if I was to change clubs, it would probably be more because I miss playing volleyball whilst on the club they're in. It does feel like the people that's really driving it. And and that's and we don't have a massive turnover of players. Usually people leave for injuries or they move in country or for whatever reasons. It's still a massive turnover of people. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> the massive we, amount of injuries. But, but, but it is hard to... I, I mean, very few people that I know of have left because, oh, had enough. Um, of course, there are other personal reasons why, but you know, you see the same people year in, year now, standing in the club, um, and I think that part is is really kind of important. But yeah, being an LGBT club was definitely important um, for me. So for you, Eugene, you mentioned that you know you played more socially in your twenties, and was it a conscious decision, or was there was there any type of barrier into playing with others in terms of whether it was with 
people from like an LGTB sort of community or or not? You know, I think that I um, I was most interested in playing in co-ed leagues um, just because I think it's, you know, more interested in the, the social. So it doesn't matter if friends with a guy or a girl. Um, and then I think there's also when it's co-ed, um, it's just my perspective was that it was likely going to be less competitive and more focused on the fun side of things. And so that's what I, why I was drawn to co-ed sports. Um, I don't think I would have joined um, a non-LGBT um, same-sex sporting team um, just because of the perceived kind of, you know, um, very competitive nature. Uh, but that said, I'd say even within, um, you know, spikers, there are, you know, obviously competitive, like very competitive teams. And I'm just not really interested in that because I just want to do the the social side. And so I guess my focus has been less on the, you know, the LGBT or non, it's just in um, what, what sport, what's, um, what feels the most social. Um, and for me, like it felt like the, um, a co-ed sport or a very non-competitive um, LGBT sport was the best um, the best fit for what I was looking to get out of the, the sporting experience. Yeah, and it sounds like for you, Kevin, you know, because of, you know, where you were at the Gay Games and you had this person that, you, that common contact, were you looking for a sort of I, I always get the acronym wrong, and I'm so thankful that Eugene has said it a couple of times very clearly, because I clearly do not. Were you looking for a LGB... Oh, God. Eugene, hand, handle that for me. LGBTQ. Thank LGBTQIA+. you. LGBTQIA+. There you go. Were you looking for that type of sporting club, specifically? Uh, yeah, I think we were. Well, we were, because I wanted to play in a field that was just with gay people, essentially, bluntly speaking. Um, I didn't want to play in the team sport, even though I'm new to the sport, where where you're playing with, you know, straights who are more perceived to be potentially more aggressive or, you know, arrogant. I didn't want to deal with that. Um, so I, I, we chose a, a gay sport, uh, a gay team for that reason. And then choosing volleyball at the beginner level was probably the best decision for us because rather than doing a sport that we had both done a little bit of because it meant that everyone what I did what I didn't realize when you joined the club when it comes to the beginners literally everyone around you are new is new to the club new to the sport so you feel like that whole barrier of oh am I going to be intimidated by these people group of walking in the room of 25 people like what Eugene said that quickly went straight away because you realize everyone's in the same shoes as you so that was good. And then I think as you get a lot, of, you know, progress in the club, you, you, you start to realize that I would compare, like say if I was in a, you know, mixed, straight, co-ed kind of sport, or whatever team it is, there's sometimes a, um, a hierarchy in a way where the better people will clap back at you and like tell you you did something crap or you made the wrong move or you should have done it this this way or that way. That does still happen in the spikers, but because we're dealing with gay men, you can clap back in the sassiest way and it's fine. So I, I, I like that. I don't feel like I'm intimidated if a straight man told me that I was crap. It's not like that. And do you think, Olivier, 
had you joined a club that was not LGBT sort of orientated? Would that have given you a different experience, do you think? Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if I would have joined a non-LGBT club. Um, I did it with intention. Um, so I was, I mean, I think when I joined, I was sort of like five years. Um, um, I had, sorry, had been living five years in London already. I've been now uh, 10 years in London. Uh, I came from uh, Paris. Um, and it was a time of my life where, you know, I had some um, uh, friendships kind of like um, break up. Uh, it was not necessarily a, a time in my life where I felt like I had a lot of um, friends around me and I thought I need to be in this safe space. I want to make connections with people who share the same experience. And I, I so I selected specifically um, uh, an LGBT um, group um, club. The and and so I, I volunteer in a in a charity which is um, Switchboard, uh, so the LGBTQ uh, plus helpline. Um, and a lot of the time, I mean, I can't disclose, you know, the the calls in there, but a lot of people actually feel isolated um, um, and for very different reasons. Um, a lot of sometimes it's geographical, people live in smaller towns that don't have access to, you know, um, um, huge social networks. Um, and I mean, I, I, it's not that I tell them, but usually we invite them to consider doing things with people. Um, and uh, I think a social club, I mean, like a sports club like that, it's a good way to kind of start relationship um, because, you know, sports is an, I mean, it's a very good excuse to, to connect with others. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know, what's the outcome of these conversations because they're anonymous and everything, but I, I found that when I, you know, open this door to people by saying, like, oh, what about, you know, uh, an LGBT sports group? Do you do any sports yourself? And, then, and usually people are a bit like provoked by this question in, the, in a positive way. They say, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. It's actually a good idea because they, they would feel, you know, a bit too um, um, shy to kind of go into a gay bar, um, but going to potentially a gay club where you're going to, um, you know, you're going to do something together and um and you form relationships this way with like a sort of more natural pace um it is usually quite powerful and there are quite a few around london i think we we've got to meet a lot of the all the lgbt plus sport clubs in london we met that we have like i think in the past we started a lot more partnerships with them so like, again just to get to know them like the, the rugby team came once to our parties the rowing team did once as well there's a lot out there as well um yeah which is yeah which i'm sure will be just as welcoming and 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 create a community as much as the london spikers do um yeah there's a quite a lot out there and i think i agree with you olivia i i came across the club because a friend of my, a female friend of mine was playing volleyball and she said oh you know jp i found this you know lgbt club for you to to join that was years ago before i joined. I said okay so i saved the address but kind of like i left it kind of thing um but there are quite a few out there and, and, I, and I was like oh never thought about joining a volleyball club or you know especially being a gay club and yeah it was yeah I, I, I would I can see why people when you're in the 
but you mentioned that too, be like, oh, never thought about that because mm. gay and sport do not go together um, for majority of people. So Stereotypes, um, Johnny. You're very sporty. <laughs> See, in our 30s, we, we just got sporty. I know, exactly. The only sport in my life was now C. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, yeah, I can see why people would would have considered that necessarily. Yeah, and I love what you said, Kevin, earlier, where, you know, that competitiveness isn't exclusively just for heterosexual men, because mm. gay men can be just yeah. competitive or say, hey, you did this wrong. But I love that you can come back in a very sassy kind of way, and it diffuses the situation entirely. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I feel that way uh, even after a couple of now a couple of years in the club. Um, yeah, I, I'd also say though I think it goes like um, just because you know I wasn't looking for something that was very you know that wasn't very ultra you know competitive or whatnot, and I think it's the same thing. Like um, you know, it's the LGBT community. It's not like a homogenous community, and so there are some. Um, people that are really interested in uh, um, a bit more of an aggressive um, and competitive team. And what's really great about the Spikers is that it accommodates for that because the the more senior level teams, they are much more um, competitive and um, aggressive. And I think on most teams, there are going to be a couple of guys who are a little bit more competitive and aggressive. And that's great um, because there is, you know, all strokes, all folks. Um, and so I think it's nice that the the team really is um, quite accepting and comfortable. And I'd also say even to the point where, while it is a gay league, there's several non-gay team members that play, right? And so I think that's it. Just shows how kind of welcoming the the group is. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I just say like I'm surprised at what I got out because I was looking to meet, you know people um and i couldn't have you know expected to i would have been thrilled to know that i would have met you know a group of you know six or seven that kind of formed in the first season the first year and are still like you know a group of friends like so as an active an active whatsapp group still hangs out still you know travels somewhere for the the weekend and so i think i'm yeah quite happy with um what i got out of it. It's more than I was um, expecting to get out of it. But I think like it, what you want, what you get out of it changes as time goes on, because the first year was to build relationships. Um, and that then it's kind of, you know, maintaining um, those relationships as well. Um, and I think that as you know, people, you know, go up to other teams or stop playing, like it's also an opportunity to meet um other people that play and make additional friends um in the the group which has also been been good and so i'm wondering what you would say to people if they were like i'm not athletic i'm not thin enough i'm not you know i i've never played any sports as a child like how would you handle that type of sort of situation where somebody would ask you that because i imagine that that's something that comes up quite often for people considering joining this kind of club. I mean, I, yeah, well, I mean, uh, neither Olivier nor I uh, spoke to, okay, okay, so we'll be able to speak from our own experience and mm. reflect that. But we, I think also we had a, as an entry point coach for volleyball, we had a really good entry level coach mm. in the sense that he was much more for 
creating a bond for us and and he, and he he did say a couple of times in terms of you know PE always a traumatic experience for, for for gay men and a lot of times you know this is the place where we can you know have a laugh make mistakes together blah 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 all the kind of stuff so you know we can definitely from our experience I'm not athletic whatsoever um and at the end of the two-hour session volleyball and absolutely knackered most people are a bit better than me i am absolutely out of it um so i think speak from our experiences that we can definitely say that you don't and in the in in, in the club you, you have people from all shapes and sizes not only at only the beginners level we can see people of all different um body shapes uh playing at the top of the league uh, perform amazingly well, being coaches, being assistants, you know, that is absolutely, again, every sport is different, but volleyball for me seems like the type of sport that you are able to really develop a lot of skill um, with regardless of your body structure. And the coach that you're referring to, and I hope he's okay with me saying his name, this is Sydney, and, and he is an amazing coach. And he does facilitate that bond as newcomers um, that is, is really important. And I thoroughly enjoyed my time being coached by Sydney to the point where I stayed in the same group for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> I was there too, Silva. No, no, the shared experience between you and me. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to get better. Um, that was just a natural... You see, there's the perfect example of, of what the club like the Spikers can can do like you know some of us got promoted some of us didn't but it's still that kind of friendliness and you know that kind of you know what it's fine you know I, I don't mm. need to be the best obviously if people are very talented they progress and all the kind of stuff even within our little friendship group we all get promoted at different times and we we don't play with each other all the time um so but is that kind of you know exactly you're just laughing about it because you know it, everybody's different obviously but for certain people if you don't if you don't if it's not getting promoted or you're not developing or not developing you're not necessarily getting to the next level you still have an amazing experience getting to know new people being part of the club and yeah mm. yeah mm, and that's a really good point i suppose kevin if the spikers were for whatever reason taken away from you do you think that would, how much of an impact do you think that would have? Um, I think it kind of, my answer is kind of this, you know, same way that answer the question you had before. I think at the beginning, that would have a heavy impact because your whole objective is to meet new people. I think it's the one of the best things anyone could do if you move to a new city and you're mm. looking to find a group of gay friends without, with, with a, with a, an activity that's, you know, outside of drinking or going to a club, this is a sport. So it's not, not only health, but it's just a bit more broader than you know, what we can normally do. It's it's hugely beneficial because you can instantly get a group of friends like that, that are willing to go out, willing to explore the cities, willing to get to know each other because you have that want um, in built in. But if it was now that I've been in the club a few years, if it was taken away from me, I would miss the volleyball activity because I think it's still quite fun to play it. I still like the sport. Um, it, it, it's still interesting to me. But from a social perspective, 
maybe maybe too harsh, but um, I don't think it will make a huge difference for me because all the friends that I made from the club I made early on and I've kept and I want to keep that. And I will keep that irrespective if I leave or the club or the club dissolves. I think that will stay the same. Um, and maybe it's also because of age. I'm not that bothered about making new friends as much anymore. He's popular. <laughs> she's not. She's just picky. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, I think it would be hugely impactful in a negative way if the club dissolved and we had just joined. Yeah. And I know for me, having left the club because of an injury, that's the part that I missed. I missed sort of seeing everyone twice a week, every week, and having that sort of common thread and just being around other people. Um, and so I know there are other people who have left because of you know injuries or whatever reason. So it'd be really interesting to get their take on it as well. But I'm wondering then, if you didn't do volleyball, would you have done something else or would it, be, would it have just been volleyball or nothing? Um, I'll, I'll answer that first. Yes, I would try to look for something else. Um, but my process of elimination might be very, very limited, but definitely something else, whether it be sport or some sort of activity. It doesn't need to be that, but it's, a, it's just a great way of meeting new people in the new city. And for at the time, it was just doing something outside of drinking with my partner. So that's good. Yeah. And staying on that then, Kevin, volleyball being a team sport, had that changed sort of your perception of like how team sports and solo sports work or how, 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 how is that any different for you? Uh, hugely. I think, um, I think if I just compare it to tennis, if you're playing on the court on a tennis court, you're just, it's just, just your mind and you need the mental strength to like go through points, highs or lows, etc. With the team sport, having now we've participated poorly in some tournaments, but I reckon just because everyone's spirit, good nature, everyone's still quite uplifting, even though if we're losing, that makes it like easier to deal with the fact that you are losing. Because I think deep down, a lot of us have still got a little bit of competitiveness in us. So because we've got a team and we've got people that like, you know, won't drag the spirit down, even though you're losing, that makes it easier to deal with. And I feel like in these team sports, win or lose, that is actually the difference, not about the skills. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's important for you as well, Eugene? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, who doesn't like to win and who enjoys you know, losing. Um, but again, it's just like, as long as you're having, you know, a good time, I think that's most important. Um, and I think the nice thing about losing as if you're, you know, losing it as a team, like there's a team of you rather than just one, you know, <laughs> you. Um, and so I think it is, yeah, um, I find it yeah, better to, you know, to celebrate with multiple people or to commiserate with more people. But even when you lose, like the tournaments I've been in, we've all lost like last place but no matter because we were there just to have a good time right and you were with multiple people just in the same position yeah and i will say having watched you at tournaments you don't always lose can i just say you do <laughs> as well i think you're selling yourself short um when i play with you we lose but that was a very long time ago um and that was in lisbon so who cares um, <laughs> 
I bet, hope you don't have many Portuguese um, <laughs> followers. I mean, no, it wasn't Lisbon, it was us. Um, <laughs> but I mean, beach volleyball is my jam. Anytime you go back and do beach volleyball, I will follow you. Don't forget the outfit. <laughs> the, out, the outfit was, you know, oh, and, and then people are listening to this. It's not that there was less clothes. There was more clothes because it was beach volleyball for me. <laughs> so I don't people think it was a sun hat it was full head to toe covering you know I wasn't running around in a speedo or anything like that I just enjoyed the view mm-hmm. um are there any I wonder Olivier are there any other sports that you would consider joining given your experience with the spikers I actually um did another sport before and I enjoyed myself <laughs> so it was also in another LGBT club it was the badminton um, uh, gosling club um, I enjoyed that very much that I heard I had tennis elbow which was very very difficult to to get rid of that's why I joined volleyball uh, then I hurt my knee anyway but the I, I found exactly the same spirit across the two groups um, and I would really consider doing it again because there is something really consistent, which we have been talking about uh, for the last 10 minutes, which is yeah, the sense of being in a safe space, um, not being judged, being like very, I don't know, very open. I think this shared experience we all have kind of make us very relaxed. Um, I mean, in the volleyball club, there was there wasn't much, you know, club politics or there's, there's a bit of gossiping or anything. But overall, it was a very nice, very nice um, environment, um, and I found that in the in the other in the other club, and I'm sure I would find that in another one. So don't know which which sport. Maybe you should try gay to... chess next. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get <laughs> injured like... with that, please. Couple tunnel. With chess, oh, is that from chess? I don't know. I think maybe <laughs> maybe this maybe a swimming club because you're in water. So the worst that'll happen is you drown. I don't yeah, know. I, just, <laughs> I think I want to see. Like, there's quite an alternative looks. to get your elbow injured. <laughs> well, it's also a very different view. So there's there's an ulterior motive there. Um, <laughs> but I wonder. Some research. Exactly, exactly. Field research. I wonder. I wonder if there's anything you would change or like to see more of or something different in sort of a sporting sort of environment for either gay men or an LGBT sort of um, community. Um, I can take this one. I think the it's an LGBT club, but I think the foundation has been, you know, um, probably made by gay males um, and I think when you go on a Sunday where you see most of the of the crowd it's mostly gay men um, I wonder what you know and I, I don't know I remember my experience from another the badminton club I think there is always a tendency for you know mostly gay men to uh, to join these clubs I guess you probably have lesbian women clubs. I know they're sometimes smaller, um, but I wonder for like people uh, of different gender, so who are transgender, or non-binary. I haven't seen so many of them coming to these kind of clubs, and I don't know what we could do. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. It's uh, um, it's changing, but I I think 
probably clubs should think of like how could we reach out to this community so that they can you know feel safe to join if this is something they want to do um so bringing a bit more diversity um so it's yeah it, it i think there's a bit of, of thinking to do there yeah to be fair we i think uh we, we had we've had trans people join the club mm. um but you're right it's majority gay cis man i suppose we also have you know straight men and, and the thing the thing with obviously not the best person to speak about this obviously but in terms of volleyball there's a difference between like the net height for instance for female volleyball and male volleyball we as a we as a club we wouldn't discriminate any anyone from joining and i believe even you know women that you know they'll be fine for them to join but you know there's certain elements of the game that is different between the female volleyball and male volleyball in terms of mm. when you get to technicalities yeah. because the whole safe environment that an lgbt plus club can can provide we've had quite a few not well handful of straight men join the club for the exact same reason that we joined they they are straight men but potentially they're not the most athletic they don't feel comfortable coming in into a toxic masculinity kind of environment when you know it, it's the vibe is very different they've joined the club and uh, and they love it and you know they, they, just as part of our community as, as as we are they come to the parties they come to the they, they, we talk to the tournaments together there's you know but they get from the club exactly the same thing that we get uh, in terms of a safe space, something that is we um, we all feel like we can be ourselves in whichever capacity that may be. Um, so yeah, so you know that happens not only for the for, for gay men or for uh, LGBT uh, people, but also straight people that feel that they they wouldn't be welcome in a super masculine, super sporty uh, environment to take up a new skill yeah. you know there was only a question that you asked but <laughs> no I love that and it sort of comes back to you know an environment where you feel comfortable in and it's not to say that because you know where the spikers might be more sort of gay male members in it that they're not as competitive or as ambitious they are they are just as competitive especially when you play at a league level but there is that sense of I'm with my people that I get when I played and I can be my most authentic self. I don't have to put on this veneer. So when you think about, you know, um, potentially there are fewer, the club is predominantly gay men, cis gay men, um, <clears throat> but I, and potentially, I know there is a, I think, lesbian volleyball club, I could be wrong, I'm not sure, but I think if, in overall, if I am a, um lesbian woman and i want to take up a new school a skill let's say volleyball as an example i would expect a a entry-level female volleyball will be will be we'll see a lesbian woman join in with the same eyes as Club a predominantly straight man who look at a gay man coming in and learning new skills if that makes sense i think we'll be, we'll be seeing more and more environments be a lot safer for a lesbian um, woman to join a yeah. predominantly straight yeah, I love that. Thank uh, you for that. Uh, women club, then for oh, one of us, how is that? You know, no sportability. 
to join a Wait for the Jamaican straight man, which is when I get one, you go. Issue, one. I think there'll be a, a lot. I would like to think there will be a lot more welcoming and the, less. The podcast is great. So fun, yeah, so, it'll be yeah. A, a safe space for them just as much. I would imagine. Do you think there is a difference generationally now with younger people coming into sports um, than maybe we would have had? given that, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, different countries. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I, I happen to work with uh, kids and young people um, as part of my job. Um, and I, I think there's definitely was, it, it still is, you know, gay people in sports is still, still quite, especially gay men, it's, it's quite, it's quite still uh, can be a nerve wracking experience, but, kids are able now a lot more kids are able to come out and be their true selves at a much younger age so they they are able potentially to deal with those situations whilst still in school and be able to be, create a be comfortable in their own skin within their within their target audience if you may you know with it while still at school and so on so potentially the sanctuary that uh, uh a club like spikers gave us it's still important i think create friendships and stuff like that but potentially hopefully i'd like to think that they wouldn't have to come in purely because they they feel that any other club wouldn't welcome them the, the way the spikers did and i think i think we'll, we'll be seeing more and more of that which is fantastic um yeah yeah i love that thank you for that are there any any, and is there anything that you would change within sort of the sporting environment or the gay community sporting environment that you think would facilitate maybe more people joining or trying or? I, I think that like um, it making it more known because I still know quite a few people who aren't familiar with spikers or, you know, the Royals or we, whatever the other because there's loads of other teams and so i think making it more known um but then even beyond making it just more known like i know that there's long waiting lists for some teams as well and so making the capacity um available um i would also say that it's not just you know making it within the like the organized sports um area it's making the other um you know group activities like the outdoor lads group which does a bunch of you know kind of hiking or camping trips things like that i think it like i wish i had known about it the sooner because i would have joined it sooner again just focused on the the social aspect and so i think yeah raising the awareness for those who are interested in in joining um and then also just making sure that there's space for those who want to join because it's great that there is interest yeah, and it sounds like there is quite a waiting list now to join something like the Spikers because it's gotten very, very popular. And I love that you highlight, you know, there are non-sporting things that you can join as well. I think there's like um, a board game club that I tried as well. Um, you know, I, I don't get anything more complex than Uno, so it was not for me. Um, but that's because I'm very... Sorry? And aggressive. I was going to say, you're the alpha male in Uno, so... You're I, the one that I'm scared yeah. of in that sport. <laughs> I only threw one Jenga piece at you once. <laughs> and now I'm bestowed with this reputation. But, um, but I like that you do highlight other things because you don't have to play a sport, essentially. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would be interested in, Kevin, like non-sporting-wise, that you would explore? 
Um, let me, I want to answer a bit of the last question first, because I think uh, uh, as a gay sport, it's helpful for us, but also I think if it's possible, expand it to the wider LGBT plus, Q plus spectrum, because in some ways, if you try to make it inclusive, you want to, you, I mean, you brand yourself as an LGBT plus club, then I know you're dominated by the G, but it, it becomes a lot more, you need, we need to do a bit more external messaging that it is inclusive so that, you know, your Bs, your Ts, your Qs can feel comfortable about joining. Because if you look at the pictures, it just looks like gay men. It doesn't look in, very inviting for a club that's supposed to be inclusive. So that's one thing I would change. Mm. Um, outside of sports, what other things I would join? Mm. I don't know. I think, I, I think, I mean, outdoor lad sounds like it's sporty, but it's also quite so very more social than like, as if you're competing for something. So I think that doing an activity together, something like that would be of interest to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say I'll do anything like sewing or theater sports or anything like that. But, you know, I think there's definitely markets for that, for, for people that want to join that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to learn how to hem my trousers, but maybe I'll find a different group of friends for that. Um, Not me. I've so appreciated being able to have this kind of conversation because these conversations- I never did actually, we never actually spoke about it. And we were usually drinking in the pub, but actually not talking about things that matter. <laughs> but I think growing up, this would have been such a, a, a revelationly type of conversation to listen to, um, to then think, oh, it does change. There are different opportunities, especially, you know, Olivia, you said being in London, it can be really lonely, but there are lots of things going for you. And it's just making, stepping outside that comfort zone a little bit and trying something a little bit different. And coming to an end, I wonder if you could just summarize what your experience has been. I wonder if we can start with you, um, Olivier. Um... Yeah, I think it's been, I think it's been a life changer. I went there um, with the, I went there with the um, ambition to do some sports and potentially do some friends. And now I don't do the sport anymore, but I have the friends. Uh, and that, uh, it's not all that mattered. I still regret the sport, but it was worse than injuries. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice compliment i'm making to you guys that would be my experience <laughs> what about you jp um yeah i think i think it's, it's it went far beyond my expectations of what i set out to be you know these people have seen me through you know boyfriends break up new boyfriend new job going for job interviews not getting the job getting a job get from like all those key life events is becoming part of it and i think is yeah if far you know went far beyond my my expectations of what what i'm getting out of the club on a weekly basis um you know playing for the boys something that i actually love um the people that i that i that i've met and that i still meeting uh, are incredible is a you know we laugh all the time we learn we learn new skill and uh, we go on 
on tournaments together, uh, Saturday holidays. So it just really is an incredible experience that if I knew what I was getting myself into, I would have signed up about five years before when my, my friend actually gave me the, uh, the, web, the website link to, to sign up. But then again, I would have, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't join the same year as you guys. So uh, all the stars aligned. So then. glad you did it. So glad you did it. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, it, yeah, it's an ama- It's been incredible. And I'm just glad I stuck around in the same team long enough to find you guys. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you can just sum up your experience of playing in, in a in a sporting sort of league like that, what would you what would you say, Eugene? Maybe if we can start with you. Um, I think it's been a really great experience that just so happened to be a gay team. Um, and I just wish I would have found it sooner. Um, I also wish that there was even a co-ed uh, kickball team because I just miss that. Um, but um, but yeah, it's been fun. Um, and that, to be honest, like, that, that was the most important thing joining. So um, yeah, it's been a really great experience. Wish I would have found it sooner um don't plan on leaving anytime soon the treasure will be very happy i'm sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> the waiting list not so much <laughs> what about for you kevin pretty much the same as eugene i think i got the what i wanted out of it the most which is to make more friends and be more sociable it's been a an actual extra benefit to actually learn a bit of volleyball skills, but that wasn't the primary goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, but no, I appreciate your time and I appreciate being able to have conversations like this because I I wasn't privy to these kinds of conversations growing up and I think it would have made a huge difference. Well, I'm glad for the invitation, thank you for. Yeah, thank you for inviting us, Sylvie. I'll probably see you this weekend anyway. You will. You, you, you will see us this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I've so enjoyed this kind of conversation. I really hope we can get together again and just keep having these conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Sylvan. I think so much, too. It's been, it's been really great and, yeah, and amazing. It's been nice to talk about these things. And hopefully people will take it take it on to, for themselves and um yeah and potentially consider doing something they haven't thought about mm, i really i really wish i had listened to something like that earlier in my life so yeah target the young and i'm gonna <laughs> be the old exactly all the old exactly it's never too late and i'm gonna start a culture war as well <laughs> <laughs> let's stop before we get olivia cancelled <laughs> thanks guys Thank you so Thank much. You so Thank you. Bye. Bye.